From Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the anyone for bacon podcast that's right we've got a new name um if you sat to the end of the supermarket podcast which i greatly do appreciate i announced that anyone for bacon podcast would be the new name and uh, as you as you can tell we've been busy uh there's a new image for the for, for the uh, cover for there's a new cover photo for the podcast uh there's a new name there's a new intro and a, a swazzy american bloke uh dylan wayne <laughs> and stuff so yeah it's um that's where the positives well and truly end, Paul. <laughs> for this, oh, yes. <laughs> um, I'm pleased that we've got a new name. It's been, it's been, um, it's it's been a long, it's been it's been long in the tooth for a new name. But uh, one of our followers came in and shout out to you, um, cut, uh, messaging in with the name. We waited a while for for a name. We we're thinking of names, but this one topped a lot. I think just jumped out, didn't it? It had to have a postcode in it, didn't it? I mean, we do love a good postcode on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, like I say, the, the the positives well and truly end there because Newcastle United won, Manchester United four. Um, this was this game kind of just summed up the feeling of me under Steve Bruce. I'm I'm sick of this manager. I really am. I'm I'm tired of him, Paul. And no, yeah, you may think this this might be a reaction to one game. It's not. It's no. every single time we play and we just don't look prepared. We're, he's a one in five manager, and the facts speak for themselves. He's got the worst win percentage of any manager who's managed over three hundred games. It's like twenty eight. Yeah, twenty seven percent. You're below Joe fucking Kinney. Yeah. And that should tell you everything. That should be the end of the argument. If you're Lee Charlie, mate, and you've got a manager who's got 27% and he's below Joe fucking Kinnear, you're a joke. You're an absolute fucking inept clown if you don't get rid of him. He's an exactly. absolute skid mark on the underwear of Newcastle United. That's what he is. Him fucking embarrassing. Worse than Kinnear, man. Give me fucking strength. I mean... I was speaking to me to me dad before the match last night because I, I went, I went to, I went out to watch the match um, within social distancing, of course, and things like that. Everything was was monitored fine and safely done and stuff. But um, I, I went out to watch the watch the match and and donate and want and I'm going to donate fifteen pound to the to the food bank um, because I think that was a fantastic um, thing. It was sixteen pound, wasn't it? Yeah, Emil and uh, a lad from the like Man United side did a watch long together, uh, watching the match, and it raised raised a lot of money. Over fifteen thousand went to the food bank last night, and my fifteen pound will eventually be going to it. But um, yeah, it, that's the that's that's the only good thing taken from the pay per view stuff, which we'll talk about soon. But like this this match last night. It kind of peaked at a minute and a half when we went one nil up, because the the feeling going into it, Paul, was that of confidence, thinking if we go at them, give them a good court, give them a good goal, we'll give them a game, we'll beat, we could well beat them with the attackers that we have and how shit Man United have been defensively. There's a really good chance here, and um, opportunity knocked, mate. Opportunity knocked. 
But it, like it, like you touched on, a minute and a half, and we peaked. I feel sorry for Mrs. Bruce if that's all he can manage, a minute and a fucking half, because <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. Fucking one bam, thank you, ma'am. One fucking blink and it's well, over with. Well, we knew what he was going to give any strength. You look at his pre-press conference notes. Oh, let's hope and pray. Man, I hate that word now. I and the bounce back and oh, they they got beaten. They want to they want to do this and that. And it's just a, such a defeatist mentality. The players might like him, but well, they've been daunting. And neither neither the rest of the fan base. Yeah, I had a Steve Bruce and he's shit excuses. It's it's pathetic. The, yeah, the players may like a mate because the, he doesn't ask anything of them. He doesn't stretch them and push them. The thing is, my milkman's nice, but he's not the manager of Newcastle United. Nice gets you fucking nowhere. If you watch the Tottenham documentary that's on Amazon at the moment and you see Jose Mourinho behind the scenes, he isn't nice. He's not interested in, in being a loser constantly. And, and and coming up with shit excuses. You don't hear Jose Mourinho talking about hope. There's no hope about it. There's certainty in sport. If you do certain things, you're going to get certain things. But I, I am so, so pissed off with this cabbage head bastard. It is unbelievable. And I'll tell you something. I'm annoyed and angry now, but if I could have done this last night, every other word would have been effing and jeffing. Because it's just, well, it's just a, an absolute disgrace that this man is allowed to stay in meaningful employment goodness hell well that's probably one of the one one of the uh from points um if we're doing it a day later when it's late games because <laughs> it gives you time to think about it and, and and actually draw some like interesting conversation from it instead of just shooting from the hip and shouting at things Whereas sometimes you might not mean what you say and say what you mean, and some sometimes like that. Don't yeah, I have, I've, had that, I've had that in the past when I used to be on uh, when I used to do fan cams and stuff where you where you're very emotional and you and you say the wrong thing and you like you watch yeah. it back and you're like, did I say that really? But um, this man is just I'm I'm sick of it I'm sick of it because we've had over a hundred million in in transfer fees eight players he's brought in that's including the loan players he's brought in by the way and he's still saying things like it's a work in progress you've been yeah two years nearly two years and it's a work in progress you're not, not a new games. football club anymore it's uh, the Steve Bruce's second season syndrome was really coming through and even last season was dire was shite last season we're lucky to finish well finished with for a goalkeeper and um and Alan St Maximum would have been flipping relegated from the Premier League and it's looking like that again apart from it's a different goalkeeper because Dead uh, Debravka's injured yeah it's you've worn goal- him out they've worn him out mate it's like anything if you've got a Formula One car right and you keep running that bastard for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of laps it is gonna it's gonna wear out. It can be the top Formula One car all you want, but if you use it too much, it's gonna wear out. We've worn out Martin Dubravka. We've now fucked Carl Darlow up because the two worked. They shouldn't have to do this amount of work, then they wouldn't be in the position where they are getting injured, where they are taking whacks and knocks and pulls and strains and complaints and stuff like that. And that again comes down to that that fucking cabbage-headed bastard who's in charge of the club, Steve Bruce. He's fucking clueless. He's happy to have twenty percent possession at home, sit back and literally just bend over and, and just let let them do what they want. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. Our goalkeepers look so good. Why? Because they have to make so many fucking saves from all the shots because he just says, we'll let them on and we hope 
magically. It's like a Disney movie that something will just magical happen at the other end. And it doesn't all the time. The little thing called tactics. He doesn't know what tactics are. Like I know he no. talks about twenty years in management and all this, but I'll be honest, I don't know how he's still man still a manager at the top level. In fact, I do know why. It's because of the incompetence of the of the um of the board here at Newcastle. Yeah, feeble minded. Yeah, like Sir Lee Charnley. I mean, how many flipping shit managers has he appointed? He appointed John Carver. He appointed uh, Steve McLaren. Oh. Uh, he, he appointed, he's appointed Steve Bruce. He got one exception, and that was Rafa Benitez. Like, Who approached him? Uh, exactly. And Rafa came to us. Do you know what I mean? It's. it's, I, said, it's so, I said it before, so mate. I'll say it again. He can't even put slip on shoes on that bloke. He's so literally dead and inept. Even his own wife and mother probably hate him. He's fucking useless. He can't change a light bulb. He can't order paper for the photocopier. You never hear from him. He says, oh, you're going to hear from me more often than this, that, and the other. Of course he doesn't, because it's going so shit, just like it was shit last year. Um, and it's just rinse and repeat. Spreadsheet champions, yawn. It's the same old shit. 20% possession, yawn. Staying up by the skin of our fucking teeth, yawn. And we're supposed to like this and lap it up. No progression, no now, but Lee Charney, honestly, a penful bastard, he escapes so much criticism, but he is front and centre for me because, like I say, he's a little fetish with X-Man United uh, rejects and stuff like that, like McLaren, like Bruce. It is disgusting. It is vile. You just know if he gets rid of him, he'll bring in Mark Hughes or the likes. Um, I've just, had, I've just so had enough. Everybody this summer has shafted us, the Premier League, Spurs, Liverpool, uh, media, Richard Keyes, um, Cockmaster, everybody. It's just one thing after the next, after the next, and there's just no sign of escape in this cycle of rinse, repeat, fuck the Geordies, and you know, go on. It's just that all of the time. But yeah, Charlie, the little skip rat, doesn't help matters, does he? I mean, we'll nah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll probably go into the game now. <laughs> Not that I want to, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll head into it. Now, actually, started well. Uh, we'll cut them open early on. Maximum plays it out wide to Emil Croft, and Croft crosses it in. It hits Luke Shaw, and it goes in the back of the net. One nil. Great start. It's the only. It's the only time in ninety minutes Newcastle showed intent, and if Newcastle had kept that pressure on, trust and believe would have won that game. Because man, you. Yeah. I've watched them a lot this season uh, because of like my mates being Man United fans, and I watch I watch them to leave for late for them. But and so I watch Man United a lot, and I've seen how bad defensively they are. The shite against Tottenham, Brighton hit the post five times against them, and Crystal Palace done them three one on their own patch. Like these have had not only shot, these have had hundreds of shots put at them already this season. They would have been shitting themselves at that point, mate. Loads. And Steve Bruce's game plan is to sit back. Sit back. <laughs> like, it, it's better sit back against a team that can't defend. 87 minutes. And, and to go into the team, Paul, he starts Hendrick on the right and you've got Fraser on the bench. He keeps dropping Miggy Almiron, who in the, in the small game time he's had has got more contributions than anybody else in the team, barring Wilson. It's insane to me how Bruce keeps persisting with these players. And I know Jolinton had a good couple of games. Um 
for Newcastle. Oh, he was back, back to form, wasn't he? He was non-existent last night. He kept losing the ball in stupid places. He kept getting knocked off the ball with pure ease. That wasn't a game for Joel Linton last night. It just wasn't, but Bruce didn't say that. It wasn't a game for Hendrick. It wasn't a game for Shelby. It wasn't a game for Hayden. Well, you play Hayden regardless, but... There's players in that team that you need to swap and change to to how, to how can he see it though? How the thing is, right? Me and you, average Joe punters, right? We can see it. I know umpteen other people who can see it. Yet a man who is paid thousands of pounds cannot see the obvious. And to be honest, mate, after the after his minute and a half, and I mean, like I say, that's as much as he can fucking last. He, the the look that he's got from Hartley's and his jam production, it ran out. It was a lucky as fuck goal. It was a typical Steve Bruce goal. 99% luck, 1% fucking hot air. You know what I mean? It, it, it shouldn't have gone in the net. It was a fluke. And how much luck? We have so much luck. It's un unbelievable. We've touched on it before on previous podcasts. But you can't keep relying on luck because luck runs out. You know? But, oh, you're totally right. I mean, Joe Linton, he, he seemed to have turned the corner. Didn't have his best game yesterday. It was totally and utterly off it um but it's it, it's it's not just him like you said there's some very very strange decisions the miggy one with all the assists and stuff he's got his energy and his ability to take a team that is is defending and like take the ball and take it up the pitch and take some pressure off the defense it's just bizarre the substitute everything fucking shit it is, man. Like the decisions to start certain players, I don't understand because you've got you've got the potential to have an unbelievable front four: uh, Maximin, Fraser, Miggy, Wilson. What a front four! It's exciting. It's pacey. Getting behind and it would hurt teams. It would really hurt teams, Paul. But as of yet, Steve Bruce has put that together a total of zero times. He keeps persisting with Hendrick out of position. Uh, he keeps persisting with Jolin and on the left. When yeah, Jolin has had a good couple of games, but like you say, you've got to you've got to prioritise where you're most at, where you're better attacking threats. And with a team like Man United, with Maguire playing like he's playing at the minute, uh, Lindelof being shite. Uh, the, the the midfield that they had and the team that they started. I mean, one matter played um, McTominay, Fred, like all these players, Paul. That I wouldn't say are that much better than Newcastle United. No. I, I wouldn't. I mean, Matt, how, I how, how disjointed were our players? I mean, you, you touched on Wilson. It was like he was at St James's Park and ASM was starting at the south side of the Tyne fucking tunnel. They were that far apart, and you're playing against. That that Man United team that yeah you think oh Man United on name value yeah they've got some fear factor maybe to somebody like Steve Bruce but this isn't the Man United of old no they're not no, I'd be more worried I'd like be more worried about United playing Everton I'm more worried about playing Crystal fucking Palace that team with like Sir Fred I mean come on that McTominay he'll probably end up at a club like Newcastle in a few years time they're not Man United uh, you know traditional quality. No. And you give them all of the respect in the world. But yeah, there was so Newcastle was so disjointed. We made it difficult for ourselves. Wilson isolated. And like I say, ASM and them were starting at the other end of the fucking time tunnel. There were. It, the, it just looked so unbalanced. We're so, we're so set on defending, yet we're so open. And that's becoming the norm under Steve Bruce. It, facts, feet, it's speak, bonkers, isn't it? Whenever I have possession, the 
teams that will play always get shots on target against were um just just shite, mate, to be honest. Really bad from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And an acceptance though- of defeat. An acceptance of defeat. You're just giving up before you fucking started. Exactly. Um you look at you look at how we respond from going one nil up. Um Man United could have been two or three up. I mean Fernandez's Could've goal been. got got ruled out because of VAR. Um and then Maguire of all people. I mean, the week he's had, how shit he's actually been this. He should week. be in a fucking jail abroad, and, mate. And he score and he scores that header against with I will say of Crack all it exactly. was a good header, but the marking for set pieces, no, nobody was on him. And then afterwards, we didn't learn we lesson because he nearly scored another header. Well, Emil Croft was on the post. Emil like Emil Croft's five foot eight. He's about my height, and Maguire's six foot two, and he's decent in the air. He's proven this in the past yeah, against, against us in particular, where he wins headers. Like do they not? Because a lot of that team's still still there from that defeat at Leicester when he last scored a header. They're not for oh well maybe he's good in the air we might want to mark him, you know as bad as a week he's had and as bad as he's been this season defensively he can still he can still win headers. It's the, the thing is mate, it, it, if, no you, if you give people if you invite people on right if you invite trouble then trouble's going to find you and that's what we did. The thing is I can accept a defeat I, I, I can you're going to lose you're going to lose games. It's the manner of it and it's the acceptance of the fact. Just come on, it's all right. It's a free for all. Come and top your goal difference up. Come and play in Newcastle. Nobody on the post. Nobody picking him up. It, it, literally unchallenged. If I was down, I'd have been literally ripping the defenders' heads clean off. And then I mean, we'll get we'll get a half time one one. I felt I felt look that we were because um, I had shot on shot on shot. It was a bit like the Tottenham game, uh, which just rolled over and died for the opposition. Um, yeah. so, so, on name. Yeah, attack on attack on attack, and then second half we'll get a really good chance. Um, because we'll start wow. a bit more lively, we're a bit more at them. And Callum Wilson has an amazing chance. And to be fair to David De Gea, I've given him a lot. I've given him a lot of shit last year or so. Because uh, I don't think he's the goalkeeper he was. I don't think he's the best goalkeeper in the world. In fact, I don't think he's the best goalkeeper at Manchester United. But the saving no, for Callum Wilson yeah. last night really proved his class. Um, that it still can be there. Because um, the ball was behind him and he scoops it out with the goal. It was quite low down as well, so it was a really good save. Wilson couldn't have done much more about it, to be fair. Just a very good save. And I think he's got a little bit lucky because there was a couple of Newcastle players around the box and he's managed to scoop it away from them. So um, it no, was- Nobody following it in, though, is the mate? There's no killer edge to the fucking attack. Midfielders hungry just to be goal whores and 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 to get in on the action. You've got nobody scrambling around, nobody bursting the gut. Uh, Wilson's got to do it all by his fucking self, like. But uh, yeah, you can't take away from the save, the save from a keeper who needs to be shifted on in in, in my books. If I was Man United manager, I'd have shifted him on. But um, yeah, fantastic moment in a season of pretty much shit for him as well. But yeah, great save. It was. Uh, I don't know how the fucking got it managed. Oh. My main concern in the match was that right-hand side, Paul. Emil Croft, John Joe Shelby, and I think it was Joe Linton um, yeah. were on that side. And Daniel James was having an absolute field day. Rashford was going into the left, picking loads of space up. Shelby was not tracking his man at all. Hayden looked overwhelmed because Shelby wasn't helping him. And like 
this is what I hate about John Joe Shelby. This is why I didn't want him to play. I, uh, I said Hayden in the middle with uh, with Hendrick, and then you play and then you play Miggy, and then drop John Joe Shelby. Why? Because in games like this, John Joe goes missing. His passing isn't there because it's closed down too quickly, and then it's down to his work rate, which isn't there for me. Whereas Hendrick, you're going to get a grafter, you're going to get someone who put tackles in and stuff, and he won't be out of his depth. Why? Because that's his right position, uh, unlike where he's currently playing for. But um, John, John Joe, just like Brucey, he's a one in fiver. Just like you said with Bruce, one in fiver. John Joe's just the same on his day. He's fantastic. He's got the champagne, Hollywood uh, balls, and and this, that, and the other. But when you're fighting in the trenches and in the shit, you can't afford Hollywood fucking balls and this, that, and the other. Sometimes it comes down to a little bit of uh, a graft. But if you had a manager like uh, I don't know, like a Rafa Benitez, we've spoken about him before. He would, uh, you know, pull you up on these things. He'd nitpick and analyse what's happened. With him, it's on the back of a fag packet, on, on the back of a Greg sausage roll packet. Just, oh, next time, can you do this? Can you do that? At, at, at best, it's just just systematic of, of the manager, John Joe's performances. Yes, he can do fantastic stuff that nobody else can do, but he can also be a bit of a lazy bastard at times. And can't afford to be a lazy bastard in our team, in our system, and especially when uh, Isaac Hayden goes off, because he's the only fucker who's willing to put a challenge in, apart from maybe Miggy when he's tracking back, thinking of like against Wolves and Triore and that excellent tackle that he put in, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, John Shaw Shelby is as frustrating as Newcastle are, and is as frustrating as um, our so-called manager. I feel I feel sorry for Croft in a way, you know, because he was against three and four Man United players at one time. Yeah. Um, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't fair on the lad, and to be fair, I think in the circumstances he did the best he could. Um, I think he got let down by the winger in front of him, Joel Linton, and he got let down by John Joe as well, just not covering them, covering their runs at all. And that's where Man United picked were apart, and Bruce had no. He not only didn't respond to it, he just actively ignored it. And like that's why there's so many shots on talk, because you've got a manager who's just, oh, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. And he relies on this luck that he has. And it's like, you cannot rely on luck. Like as a manager, 20 years, you should know to be re like to not only be proactive, but if you need to be reactive, react. And he just doesn't. He doesn't Change react. Stuff. There's no, uh, there's no plan A. Never mind the plan B, Paul. Like, did, did you see? Did you see that newspaper article that put out? Got regurgitated from each few years ago. And he was asked. There was a sit-down interview with Bruce, and she. It was uh, a female journalist who was asking him the questions. And he said, "Well, have you thought about trying the Christmas tree formation and blah blah blah?" And he went. He says his exact words back were, "I'm not a really person for formations and stuff like that." I thought, well, no shit, Sherlock. Because you, you look at that last night and it was screaming out. I mean, John Joe, if you're going to use him, use him to his, his better uh, effect. Have him further forward. Why have him in the centre of the pitch where you need tough tackling, where you need that defensive uh, restraint and capability? Use him further up when he can get his shots away and try and affect the play a little, a little bit more like that. Um, it's just so maddening that these same things get sought time and time and time again and everybody in the mother can see it apart from if you work for Sky and you see Bruce and his coaching team they can't see it and he, and he comes up with stupid things like well I don't really look too much at formations I'm more about people and this that and the other 
You're mad. You're off your tits. Everybody knew that something had to change. It's the definition of insanity, repeating the same thing and expecting a different outcome. If you don't change what you're doing, you're going to get the same result all of the time, which is low possession shots, uh, sorry, percentage of uh, ball retention. You're going to have poor amounts of shots. You're not going to score many goals. And if you keep inviting people on, eventually they're going to score, even if they are. I mean, they must have been devoid of confidence when that goal went in. They must have been like, oh, shit, here it goes again. But no, Newcastle, it's just like the gift that keeps on giving. We'll just, oh, don't worry, put our arms around you and, and, and pat you all. It's not good enough. I wanted no, us to be a bit more ruthless, mate, or yeah, ruthless at all. For me, I think it I think it stems from the manager, as like you say, no, he's against formations and stuff. I mean, what when the, he's in the same league as Pep Guardiola, who's all about formations oh, and playing a certain way, and Klopp, who believes in a certain system, playing the four three three, and Jose, who's done tactical masterclasses in the past over playing tactical football, and then you've got Steve Bruce. Oh, I don't believe in formations. It's like. Oh, and let's hope and pray we'll do this and that. And it's like, what a load of work shit. in progress, work in progress. I'm it's, sick of hearing that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of hearing it as well, mate. I really am. It's the same shit. It's oh, hope and pray before the game. And then if it doesn't work out, oh, we need to uh, dust ourselves down and go again and, and work in progress. Um, oh, we haven't, we haven't used this formation. Uh, this team's always been defensive under Rafa. But yeah, we blame Rafa. He doesn't want to be compared to Rafa. Do you know what I mean? No. It's it's flipping, it's mental, mate. But we'll go on to the onto the penalty decision. And in one way, I'm I'm relieved it didn't come down to this decision because one, it would have given Bruce an excuse for yesterday, and two, I would have been raging because this was just not a penalty. It was the furthest thing from a penalty I've ever seen. I mean, Rashford goes down. He was going down anyway. And he gets he gets contact on the way down, which is exactly what he was looking for. And Rashford, I have one hundred percent respect for because of his stuff for um, that he's oh, doing with free school meals and that, and he's deservedly got an MBE. Fair play to him on that. But as a footballer, what a prick! Uh, just going down like that. Uh, bitch. And then the referee sit goes over, looks at it, and gives a penalty for that. It's like never. In a million years, a penalty, and it's typical who got it, Man United, they always get penalties. It's the only way they can score goals. And then Bruno Fernandes steps up. I thought it was going to be a goal, easy, because Bruno Fernandes doesn't miss penalties. But to be fair to Carl Darlow, he's um, got form. A, a brilliant performance yesterday. One of the only players I think that can leave his, leave the field with his head held high with an amazing right, on spot. Um, always believe in Carl Darlow, Paul, as we're probably haven't well, in the past. Don't, hey, don't, don't get me singing that song because every time it comes on the radio, <laughs> right, my missus, she likes that song, but now I sing the Carl Darlow version every time it comes on, I, I get done when that when that happens. <laughs> so I'll be driving along and singing the Carl Darlow song at the top of my head. I, I, get, I get wrong for that one or the station gets switched over. But uh, yeah, he's got form, hasn't he? He likes a penalty save. Do you remember against, I think it was Nottingham Forest, but he saved the, the two lots of penalties too. and stuff. The one I remember was the the one against Palace um, penalty mm. um, when Kabai was at the Gallagher end and he saved the penalty. He's got a good uh, penalty save up his sleeve and he proved it again. Yeah. I think this was the best penalty save of the lot because it was Somewhere, hard. Ah, uh, it was like, wasn't it? 
it was it was definitely going in. But I had some Man United fans giving me a little bit of um, ribbons. He's off the line. He's off the line. That's why they saved it. I went, asses, give your head a shake, man. Go to fucking Barnard Castle, you blind bastard. Um, no way was he off the line. It was just a fantastic, fantastic stop. I mean, could Fernandez have found maybe one of the top corners and put it beyond the keeper? Possibly, but it, it took a fantastic save. Uh, Jamal Lewis came running over to him, but it should never have been a penalty. But Man United get them time and time and time again. It comes under the very soft, but we benefited totally against Spurs. So, you, you know, you've got to take the um, it's the swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I thought it's karma coming to bite us on the ass that one. Um, oh, unfortunately, now, yeah, but Cordolo keeps him in it and then. He goes on about injuries and looking after his players in press conferences, right? And then Cardalo picks up a clear injury. He's hobbling about. He can't. He can barely walk, and yet he keeps him on the field. That to me was just insane. Um, the bloke can barely walk, and at the end of the day, if he gets badly injured, we've got Mark Gillespie till December when um, when Dubravka comes back. And then um, is it Walton after that? Yeah, um, but it's yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's it, like for for him to keep in the when he's when he's hobbling about the field, he can barely walk, let alone dive. And there was one where I think Fernandez or Fred or someone put it wide, and he dives for the ball, and it takes him about two minutes to get up. He's not, he's like he's his legs gone, his ankles gone, and Bruce keeps him on the field. And then Man United inevitably score the second. Uh, through Fernandez, ball played through, and he just go, puts it around the goalkeeper. It was a good finish. Um, Eighty-five it minutes, was a gone, finish. And, there, and there's the game gone. You you think, and can we get can we get a response after defending for eighty-five minutes? No, Man United go and score two more, and um, the game ends four-one. And Bruce is saying things in his press conference after the game. All oh, the the it it wasn't four-one and stuff. I mean, um, it was it had, it had more shots than any other game against one team this season. And who was in third place? Oh, Newcastle against Tottenham. So there was more shots against a goal than there was against Spurs. And you're trying to say we deserved something? No, mate. It was your luck. It ran. It would have been, yeah, another mugging. If we'd have escaped with a one-one draw, which was possible, with going into the last ten minutes, one-one. If we'd have managed to maybe sub the keeper on. And not take a stupid fucking chance like that, right? If we'd have subbed the keeper and, and at least had somebody with two legs running about the pitch rather than that ladder family guy running about on a wooden peg legs, um, we, we might have been able to hold out for a 1 1 draw. Uh, and again, it would have been another absolute mugging, a fleecing. It would have been criminal for them it to have be. not have left with, with the three points. They deserved to leave with the three points. I have no qualms about that whatsoever. But like the substitutions, mate. That went past, was it seventy odd minutes plus before you decide to bring Ryan Fraser on, and then you're umming and ahhing about the goalkeeper situation, and you give Miggy five minutes. You made that decision. Went, I'm keeping the went keeper on. down there. Bruno Fernandez scored that goal, and Miggy was uh, Miggy was ready to come on as soon as went to one down. Biffett been late. Do you know what I mean? Miggy can mm. give you energy for ninety minutes, and he brings him on with five minutes to go. It's just sure. stupidity from top to bottom. Man United win 4-1. As he says, we've got Wolves coming up. Oh, to be honest, some, mate, great, some great finishes though by Man United. That one Bissaka one, tremendous. And Rashford, you know what you, you're going to get. You give him a fucking chance, he's going to he's going to smash it away. But that that one Bissaka one was a great one. But you could see 
he was virtually on his knees, Carl Darlow, hobbling around on, his, on both knees. He was in that much pain and discomfort. And you're asking this lad to make absolutely acrobatic saves time after time after again because the formation's so absolutely wank and piss poor. Um, disgraceful. I, I, if I was Darlow, I'd have been coming off and I'd, I'd, I'd probably fucking headbutted Steve Bruce. Uh, oh, thanks for that, Gaffer. Thanks for looking after me fucking me health and me well-being and stuff like that. Um, but like you said, what we've got coming up now, if that doesn't make you have the shits, I don't know what. <laughs> well, you must have the front of me. We're next four games: Wolves away, <laughs> Everton at home, Southampton away, Chelsea at home. Very difficult games, harder than the teams that we played yesterday. But what will Bruce's um, what Excuse? will Bruce's memo be for it? Oh, lads, just sit back and hope, sit back and pray that we don't concede too many goals. You mean if, that, yeah. it bewilders me that we've got Wilson, Fraser, Miggy, and Maximin, and he doesn't utilise them. He just plays defence. He can't. He, he can't utilise any flair players. Look at how he was before we had him been Arthur when he was at was it Hull? No, and he, he couldn't. couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't utilise them. He, he, he can't. He'd be on the job with his misses, and he couldn't utilise what he was given uh, through the grace of God. His birth. Bloody right, as, as a bloke, he can't utilise that. Never mind utilise tens of millions of pounds worth of talent. The utterly useless prick. And like I said uh, to you before, prior, this isn't a reaction to one game. This is two seasons of low possession, of giving up, of accepting that we just need hope to even score against Oxford or anybody else like that. It, it, it's it is time and time again. It it's being sick of him, you know, blaming Rafa for this, that and the other, you know he probably goes home on a night and his missus will say, have you hired them few bits and bobs for us? No, Rafa Benitez didn't fucking do it <laughs> he blames them for everything, coronavirus that's Rafa, hole in the ozone layer, that's Rafa it, it, it just, I don't know, you listen to other managers and you like Pep when they, he had the bad time it's my fault I've done this, I've done that. I need to improve myself. I need to improve what we're doing. But no, not with Brucey the puppet. Um, and of course, the Newcastle management are happy to lose as long as we just don't lose by too many. That that is the that is the the culture that is in our club, an acceptance of the, being just defeatist straight away. And it's um it's vile and disgusting. It's not the club that Bobby Robson was at. It's not the club that Kevin Keegan was at the first time around. This is vile, disgusting. And it's so frustrating because we could have been technically the richest club in the world. We could have had a bright new future. We could have been standing off on a new journey. But instead, it's just rinse and repeat shit from the Ashley regime. Uh, obviously, the attention's gone off Ashley recently. But... Um, this one though, this this defeat and, and this how fans are feeling, you can you can blame fans, Brucey, all you want, but it is down to you how you set the team up, what you're getting out of them. He's not getting enough out of the players that he's got to justify being in the job that he's in. It's vile. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. I mean I feel deflated after after last night because yep. It, it, like you say, it's not just one game. It's it's so so much, so many games of just oh, so much water on the bridge. And lack of preparation. I mean, this season, I think we've only played well once, and that was against West Ham opening day. And yeah, you can say we'll be Burnley, but we were 
we were only slightly better than Burnley. Burnley were on a major off day, and from from when we're from West Ham opening day, they've been a lot better. So West Ham were on an off day as well. Do you know what I mean? We've caught two teams on off days and we've beat them, and that's it. Um, yeah, we're, we're mid table, which is on paper you could say is fine, but the performances aren't. And Steve Bruce's luck is going to run out sooner rather than later. And I think fans are scared that it's going to be a... You, you don't want to repeat the history like we did under McLaren, where the where the warning signs are clearly there. But the, you the sleepwalk into relegation. The board just aren't, aren't looking at it and aren't thinking, oh, it's, a, it's bad. They just see where he is in the league and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for me, if we had... A good manager. If we had an Eddie Howe win, say, and he had Fraser, Maximin, Wilson, and um, and Miggy. Did I say Miggy? Is that the fourth right? Ah, right. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If he had them four and he played a four-two-three-one with uh, Hayden and Hendrick as holding midfielders under Eddie Howe, I think would be a hell of a lot better, Paul. I really do. I mean, it's not just. I don't care if it's attacking defensive football as long as the manager comes in. And he's open about what his plan is and his philosophy. Because and he has a plan. If they're confident in their philosophy and their plan, and the and they're able to implement it properly, like Rafa did, like Chris Hutton did, you know, like Pardew did for the first year, I'll buy into it and I'll back you as a manager. But this manager just throws shit at a wall, mate, and sees what sticks. And it's not the first time I've said that on this podcast either, where he just hopes for the best. Oh, this week we'll we'll play with wing backs. Oh, this week we'll play 4 2 3 1. Oh, this week we'll play 4 4 2. He doesn't have a system. He just, oh, we'll try this this week. There's no yeah. game plan. It's just. Oh, we'll it's, not, it's not because, though, mate. It's not because we like to sit here and we hate Steve Bruce. You know, he's a Newcastle fan and all this sort of thing and everything. It's because of what he's doing and the choices that he's making. He, he takes Pardew excuse bingo down to a new level of de- depravity and, and absolute just just terribleness. You know what I mean? It's nothing personal on Steve Bruce. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, touched on before, he's a nice bloke, but so is my milkman. But you wouldn't put him in charge of the football club. You want somebody who you can buy into. The Burnley fans can't think that the football that they play is very, very good, but they can buy into what Sean Dyche is trying to do. There's a plan, there is a system, but with Bruce, there's there's none of that. Like you said, chuck shit at the wall and see what sticks. And the thing is, you try watching that week in, week out. You try Sky paying £15 to watch that level of dross and shit. No, Nobody would want to do it. Nobody would, and all these Sky people can criticise Newcastle fans as much as they fucking want. Because on here, it's 100% Newcastle biased. On the mainstream media, it's 100% against Newcastle. Most it is not time. personal, but we, we we have to be given some something, some sort of hope, and it is just uh, stolen away from us every single time. And there's only so much... Uh, of, of lucky performances and we've had boatloads it's not even just this season mate look at Everton away last season look at Chelsea at home look at Manchester United at home when we just tried to absorb it and hit them on the break you know you can't keep except, expecting Hollywood stories on the Gallagher week in and week out you're not going to get those Hollywood stories like Matty Longstaff making his debut scoring on his debut 
you're not going to get that time in and time out. So eventually, he can't hide behind his excuses. He's got to come up with a little thing called tactics and organisation and being firm. Organising what you fucking got. It's so frustrating. Like you, you had the analogy of a Formula One car before. When Steve, like when you've got a manager like Steve Bruce at the helm with that team, it's. I always feel like it's a case of having a Formula One car with one less wheel, with Steve yeah. Bruce being in charge. That's what it feels like, mate. Because he's so, he's so incompetent, and he will just look so underprepared for most games. You you, you look at um, you look at Brighton when we got steamrolled off them. You look at Man United, what steamrolled off them. No reaction. Team ruled off Tottenham. We're bloody lucky not to get um, mm. beaten off flipping Newport, for God's sake. He's like um, a rabbit in the headlights, mate. He's like a rabbit in the headlights. He's just sat there and he's, he looks like he's frozen on the spot. You can't hear anything from, from him at all. And I tell you something as well. He has benefited massively by having no supporters in these stadiums because... Yes, they'd be calling for yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah he literally would have been lynched. He'd have had 50,000 cabbages started off his fucking head yesterday. Again, because it's just systematic of the entire approach of that man. He's out of his depth. He needs to go back to dinner time school catering. Yeah, he's 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 out he's out of his depth and he's out of date, mate. Honestly, I think his tactics might have worked in that. Well, tactics <laughs> might have worked in the 90s, but... We're in a modern age now where a lot of teams like to play with a the ball, they base themselves on tactics and a philosophy, mm. and Bruce doesn't have it. He's so. got no name value. The, the name value of Bruce, mate, in the 90s used to stand for something. Let me tell you, when he was a player and then he was going into management, the name Bruce actually meant something. You, I would have respected that name because of what he'd done in the game. But now I just look at it and I just... It's a, a thing between laughing and just crying and sobbing. There's no name value. There's no respect. There's there's no nothing there. You're a clueless, clueless and foolish old buffoon. You're out of your water. You need to be taken into retirement, put out the pasture. Um, and for all these fans of other clubs sticking up for Bruce, you have him. Manchester United fans, you have 20% possession. You sit back. You try and operate with no plans. You try you and operate with a squad with like, which is so un- un- unbalanced. But you know we haven't got enough strikers. We haven't got enough of this position, that position. But then we then we overstocked in other areas. You try putting up with that. You try putting up with Steve Bruce and then still blaming Alex Ferguson for for his feelings. Well, we only lost because Alex Ferguson this that and the other. <laughs> you would sharp get sick of it. You have him. I'll drive him down. No problem. Because I, I've touched my milkman a couple of times during this uh, podcast today. He would do a better job than Steve Bruce. Somebody said on our page earlier on, mate, um, you know, who would else would you get in? And I says, anybody who can change um, a light bulb would be an improvement on the man that we've got in the job at the moment. But of course, us, us ungrateful bastards. We'll just get labelled as grateful bastards as Newcastle fans and this, that and the other. And we're supposed to just be ever so grateful. Well, I'm not grateful. It's a loser's mentality that he's got. And I don't want our club to be a loser. And our season, mate, hinges on one game and one game only, and that's Brentford away. It's not any in the league because we're so inconsistent. It, even if if we get past Brentford, we'll get, we'll, get the big game. Game. we'll have to play a top team, and they'll just they'll 
get well we'll we'll get well with Dodge straight away anyway. Obviously the semi-final it'll be nice to play in something of that hyped and stuff, but <laughs> Bruce has proven in a big game situation, he's shit. He's fucking yep. shit. So at the end of the it's day, the old, well, adage, the pain of the semi-final. Um, it's the old adage of last season: as long as we don't lose by too many and we're not too embarrassed, that's okay. And you can sit there and go, "We got to record the final." Yes, we did, Brucey, but we played nobody. We've played nobody, just like we played nobody last time, man. Stop being, stop literally spunking out over getting to the quarterfinal. Come back when you've won. Well, come back when you've won it, and I'll and I'll I'll start the GoFundMe page for a statue of your outside. Until then, jog on. Aye, uh, it's um, it it's it's been a painful couple of weeks, like for 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 us fans. I mean, hanging on luck. Yeah, we played okay against Burnley and, and West Ham, but it just shows the inconsistency. Yeah, um, over the it, 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 it's the same shit as last season, where would win one, miss, miss, miss a one, lose a one, lose, 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 draw, win, lose, lose, draw, lose, win. Just the inconsistency. Even though he's had a hundred million pound mm-hmm. to spend, more investment than Rafa, he still uh, he still shows severe incompetence. But and, and Charlie loves that. That, that's that's fine. In, on consistencies and just staying up, they can spout shit like we're going to take the cup seriously, that we want to do better in the league. We're looking at the top half of the table. You can spout that shit off all you want. The the performances and the results tell me something totally and utterly different. And yes, you can say we're mid-table, but it's only because we're only a, a few games in, into the season. But I'm judging this on the entire time at Newcastle. I'm not just judging it on that one absolutely shambolic and pitiful fucking terrible performance of yesterday. I'm judging it on all the other previous terrible and shit house type performances and lack of tactics and lack of knowledge and you know etc from last season as well. So it's not just a knee jerk reaction to one game, not at all. Exactly mate. Consistently inconsistent is how I'd sum up Bruce. But we'll move on to the other (laughs) (laughs) in the last week. Um, there's obviously been the Premier League vote, which we didn't talk about on a podcast. Actually, we thought we'd just let the the Supermac interview breathe a little bit and share that a little bit more. Because obviously, yeah, watch it if you haven't. Uh, I'll give it a listen if you haven't. Uh, really enjoyed doing that podcast. Awesome. Um, and enjoyed finally seeing it on on Magpie twenty four seven as well. But um, yeah, we we'll, we we'll just thought we'd leave that for a bit, and while that was. One of the like, well, that was the last Magpie twenty four seven podcast. We thought would get the intro and that sorted and and stuff like that and and the cover art and get that get them done. Uh, so, let us know what you think about that down below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let let me know what you think because um, if we need to change it, let we know. If you like it, let we know. You know, it's um, just trying to make make it a better experience. So when you listen to the anyone for baking podcast there's nowhere else for you and you think this is the best one around there's plenty of other podcasts around so we know obviously there's uh, plenty <laughs> plenty of competition out there or i mean potential <laughs> well <laughs> co- collaborate there are others out there alternatives but uh yeah, each 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 to the own, each to the yeah. own. But uh, so, we, we're we're striving to make this the best that we uh, that that we yeah, can, and uh, yeah. But um, we we'll appreciate you listening to Wayne's stuff. But um, going on about the 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 Premier League's power grab in the last week, 
unreal yeah. from uh, from Man United in Liverpool. Um, go, going on like they're going on. I mean, giving Mask them bailing teams out with the coronavirus and being like, oh, there's a catch to that. There's a catch to you. If I'll let you go out of business tomorrow, but we can help you with a bit of power if we can have your if we can have your um your vote or your or your seat or whatever. We'll keep you in business. How fucking sickening can yeah, that? Yeah, we know that? better. Exactly, and it's like it's it's ridiculous. Like Gary Neville is a raw, proper raw. Yeah, he's be he's been on Sky Sports for the best part of five years, Paul, and he's been slagging the Glazers off every weekend. Need more investment, Ed Woodward shit. This that Lawrence. the the decisions of this man at this football club is wrong, and this needs to be looked at, and this that and whatever. And he wants to back the same man who's ran his football club into the ground, made a laughing stock of Man United over the past five, six years or whatever it may be. He wants to back them same people to have more power in the entire game across England. It, it, and, it tell you something, right? It's like a bunch of Newcastle fans all of a sudden going on TV and saying, I think Mike Ashley should be given the keys to the castle. I think he <laughs> should be given um, special power so he can run the game. It is hypocritical, and it's like something. There's one thing I can't stand: hypocritical bastards like that. I lost a lot of respect for Gary Neville. What he's come out, he stood up for his club before, and he and he, and he was passionate and knowledgeable. But to, to to retract and and to go back and you know, yes, he's probably got a little bit of oh, I can get a few extra quid for Salford if I do this. But no, that is that is awesome, and it was ugly. And I think a couple of the masks off the likes of Spurs and Liverpool. Man United and, and the likes, they've slightly slipped. And I think the Premier League's mask has slightly slipped. And what's shown behind it is a lot more sinister uh, than, the, than the public image that they try and put out of all nicey-nicey and stuff. Because that has just been exposed as absolutely a bunch of fucking lies. Well, it is, man. I mean, you look at the Premier League and they've charged 15 quid for these games. I mean, Sheffield United, Fulham, Leicester, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Man United, 15 quid. Like, I'm so happy there's there's been alternatives. People have managed to find IPTV. Um, people have managed to go out and watch it like That's I did. That's the irony of it, though, mate, isn't it? Yeah. That the Premier League are pushing people to go to illegal streams after the fuss that they've kicked up about this takeover and about the Saudis and this, that, and the other, yet through their pricing structure of £15 per fucking game, disgusting. Um, you know, families struggling left, right and centre, you're going to spend £15 every week, potentially, on a football game when that could put you, you know, a meal on the table or several meals on the table for some people. Yeah. It is absolutely vile that they are profiteering from, a, a, a you know, a pandemic and they're profiteering by the fact that the stadiums have been forced to shut uh, and once again shafting the fans. And like I said to you before, it's that little mask of aren't we great and corporate and this, that and the other and we're fan-driven and fan-centric and stuff. The mask has slipped and we've seen you for your true colours. Um, and yes, stuff does need to be done about football in this country and how it's run and the organisation and the people who are running the game, uh, Richard Cockmaster and co. Uh, but you know, it just shows them what a bunch of frauds, uh, what a terrible organisation they are. And, and you knew that if FIFA were up to shit, if UEFA have been charged with doing dodgy stuff, 
he knew the Premier League were in on it as well. And they've just tried to use the situation uh, and use a few quid, try and steamroll in changes that would keep the establishment as it is and have a monopoly on the game, mate. It's absolutely violent, disgusting. Uh, and on top of everything else that's happening at, at, at our football club, again, it just makes you ashamed to be part of the so-called football family. Well, this isn't like a... Uh, it's not the Jetsons, shall we say. It's it's awful what they've tried to do. And now they've tried to manipulate stuff, mate. Disgusting. I really hope no one... Not I hope not many people bought the stream. Um... I mean, if you have it, needs must. But if you, if you, I really hope not many people did because if if it's popular, they'll do it again and again and again and again. They've and failed doing this before, it, mate. The They've failed doing this before in the nineties. In the nineties, they tried to. It was it was something called it's like Prem Plus. It was something crap like that, and it was going to be a pay per view service like a season ticket but for people at home who couldn't get into the ground. And it absolutely bombed because people were like, no, fuck this off. This is absolute daylight robbery. We're already paying you 100 quid a month for our subscriptions. We're not giving you a penny fucking more. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so this failed once before, and I hope it fails again. I hope, I hope they're just not... I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to use a global pandemic to, to get their to get the shoe in the door. And then they'll be like, oh, well, this was popular. Let's keep doing it and, and all that. You, you know exactly what these people are like. But I just hope common sense prevails and they can put on free telly again. Because when they did that the last time, it was a popular decision. People were able to watch their teams as an alternative instead of obviously going into the grounds, which everybody wants to do. And hopefully within a year or so, when the coronavirus, if the coronavirus calms down and the government get a hold of things, that's a different podcast altogether, by the way. Um, right. If they manage to get, get the shit together, we might be able to get back in the grounds within the next year. But it's like... You know, we've got to, the needs, we need to help each other. And yet, these flipping Sky Sports, they're like, oh, buy this for £15. It's like, it's insane. Yeah. I, I, I won't be giving them a single penny. Like I say, I'll be donating to the food bank. Um, I'd rather help, me. I'd rather help me, fe me, me, me fellow man and, and not, and not help line the pockets of Richard Masters. Gary Hoffman and all these arseholes at Sky Sports and all these arseholes at Flippin' BT Sports. But um, that's pretty much that's pretty much the top and bottom of this week. Paul, to be honest, I mean, I'll probably end on the message of Steve Bruce, get your shit together, otherwise you'll be out the door. But uh, other than that, mate... He should, never have been, he should never have been given, mate, just touch on Steve Bruce again, he shouldn't have been given the job in the first place. It wasn't my choice, your choice. He was Lee Charney's pathetic, twisted little choice. And he, like you said, Get your shit together or get your shit together and fuck off out the training ground because Newcastle fans, we've had enough of this. We've had enough. If you're not capable to do the job, you say you're a Geordie, nah. Because if you were a Geordie and you cared about that club as much as what me and you care about that club, you would hold your hands up and say, I, I clearly can't do it or I can't get the players uh, you know, to, to, to do it um, and, I, and, and just literally go and let somebody more qualified come in. But uh, the only obviously thing else that's happened is the transfer windows closed, Newcastle doing no more business, and sadly not getting rid of um, the Deadwood shite that's been laying about the club for too long. Your Henry Surveys, your Christian Atsus, your Orlando Arons, who sadly, because of the paperwork balls up, is going to be staying with us at least for another few months. 
Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, a bit of a damp squid towards the uh, the end of the transfer window for Newcastle. But uh, alas, another couple of months we'll get to January, and I'm, I suppose the circus will start all again. And if we're still doing terribly, you never know. We may dip back into the market to be able to to strengthen the squad. But uh, how much money does Bruce want? Nobody knows. But I hope, I hope, I hope you're enjoying this these new podcasts. I hope the future episodes are a little bit more positive. But uh, yeah, we see Bruce in charge. Negative, um, this Yeah, one. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, it's it's just be it's been a negative one. Uh, let's be honest. But um... <laughs> we feel better. <laughs> <laughs> we, do. we feel better. I don't know if you at home do, but um, we feel better. We've managed to get stuff off our chest and 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 then proceed on with the day. But um, all right, that'll be it for the the first edition of the Anyone for Bacon podcast. It feels weird saying that. I was just starting to get used That's to the twenty four seven stuff. Um, but at least, at least I'm not saying uh, what I used to say. Uh, what's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for Newcastle fans TV. Because I said that <laughs> on the first one, didn't I? What edit that one out? But um, <laughs> right, we'll uh, we'll have leave it. it there. We'll leave it there for this week, and um, we'll probably have one in midweek because there's still a couple of things going on about the takeover and stuff. Talk about bread. Talk about Flywatch. Um, yeah, if there's if there's major news within the week, we'll probably we'll do a podcast. But if not, we'll be. With you after in a week's time for the reaction to the to the Wolves game, and, uh, <laughs> to, our, to our next rubbing. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully it's a more positive podcast. But um, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm not holding my breath. Let's say, but we're we're coming on to an hour, Paul, for this podcast. Uh, if, you add, if you add a, add the intro and the outro, it'll be around an hour. So um, we'll call it there, and uh, I will love yous and leave yous. And uh, catch you later, everyone. See you later. Keep it tuned.